Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of We Talk Photo, the podcast about landscape, nature, and everything else kind of photography. I'm one of your hosts, John Peterson, and uh, Jack Graham, my co-host, is still on sabbatical. God bless him. The man needed a good vacation, and he finally got one, and he took one. He's doing really well, and uh, he's happy, healthy, and uh, really enjoying his time off. Um, I know he's itching to get back into the biz, but, uh, you know, for now, he's just really enjoying life and having a great time. So everybody send their best wishes off to Jack. So today we have a wonderful guest, uh, somebody who I tried to get on the the, ep, the podcast uh, a little while ago and things didn't work out. So now we finally have her and I'm super happy. Um, a, a native or well, she's a current Oregon resident. I, I actually don't know if you're native or not, but, uh, you know, another mm-hmm. Oregon photographer, which I'm happy to connect with and get on the show. And so I'd like to welcome Patricia Davidson to the podcast. Hi, Patricia. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. This is kind of the first day of spring. We were just talking. It's, uh, you know, going to be over 80 degrees. And uh, it's hard to stay inside and social distance when uh, the flowers are popping and the weather's so nice. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just itching to get out there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, Patricia uh, grew up along the Oregon coast and is a very accomplished landscape and nature photographer. And so we're going to we're going to talk today about kind of the state of the biz and, and a little bit of her experiences as a uh, as an Oregon photographer, as a nature photographer, and what kind of inspires her and, and how she goes about making her craft. I will post up her information and her website on the wetalkphoto.com webpage if you're curious about it, and we'll repeat it towards the end of the show. So, Patricia, why don't we start off, and why don't we have you introduce yourself to our audience? You know, who are you, and, and what makes you tick? Sure. Well, you said I grew up on the Oregon coast. I actually grew up in California, Ah, and I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm one of those. I, I came to Oregon in like, let's see, 1994, I think. So I call myself an Oregonian. I've been here a long time and I definitely never want to go back to California. Um, I just love it so much here. But I lived on the southern Oregon coast, um, Coos Bay, and for about 12 years, I've been... Um, into photography and you know I could hear the ocean at night so that's where I really got my addiction and where I learned landscape photography is on the beaches there and and the waterfalls in the Pacific Northwest and whatnot so I've been uh, shooting for a while now so and I, I really love it. You have. I've I've uh, kind of back in the day when when a bunch of us, you know, you, Gary Randall, me, but, you know, a bunch yeah. of us were on Flickr and, and we kind of all <laughs> watched each other yeah. grow and develop as photographers. And it's really kind of cool to to uh, see how everybody has progressed over the years and, and really made a name for themselves in this in this business. And uh, yeah, so happy to see you're still shooting and still just creating just beautiful, beautiful artwork out there. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we were we were talking earlier how uh, both Patricia and I are, are uh, kind of addicted to the ocean and don't uh, 
kind of, I, for me, I go a little bit stir crazy when I don't see the ocean uh, on a regular basis. And sorry to all you people who are landlocked, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I count my blessings every time I can go to the Oregon coast and, and see the waves and see the ocean. There's something very, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know what it is, but there's something very calming about the water. I'm a water mm -hmm. person. Oh yeah, it always calms me. It's peaceful. I, you know, even when it's stormy out, it's just the greatest feeling to be out, um, you know, photographing and enjoying, you know, coastal scenes. It's, it's a Oftentimes, blast. I think uh, I was. I just wrote an article um, about photographing or a section in a in a syllabus around photographing in bad weather. And, and over on the coast, sometimes the the bad weather is the best. Oh, absolutely. I, I've always said that my best photography comes from like um, late fall through the winter. I mean, those have become my favorite images that I take during those months. It's funny. Mine has too. And then and then winter. I've been doing a lot of winter, uh, mm -hmm. you know, dead of winter type of photography. And uh, that's that's currently been my favorite is uh, that shoulder season and then into deep winter. So you're a, a, a Fuji photographer. How long have you been shooting Fuji? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I bought my first Fuji camera in like 2013, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a Fuji um, X-T1. And then I, I actually bought it just to complement my Canon. I had a Canon, I shot Canon for years, and um, I just bought it for trail hiking, really. And you know, packing something lightweight, and and I just fell in love with it. But it only had 16 megapixels, so I wasn't really like ditching my Canon or anything. And then. When they came out with the X-T2, I picked it up, and I loved that one. That that one was my favorite. And that's when I decided um, I'm just going to ditch the Canon, and I yeah. did. And so currently I'm shooting the X-T3. Um, not going to get the X-T4 at this point. Um, and I just... Right before we went into quarantine, I picked up that new XT one hundred. Oh, let's see, two hundred, so that I could do some, uh, you know, in the field uh, vlogging sort of stuff. And I haven't even had a chance to do that, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, that two hundred is looking pretty nice. I was kind of eyeing that as a as another body to have around. It's I so fun. I mean, I. I took it out to the little forest nearby just before all this started happening. I was practicing and the quality is amazing and the video is really good. Yes. Yeah. It is. And, and it does have that flippy screen so you can see yourself. Got to have the flippy screen if you're a vlogger, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. But you know, the, the video quality out of the X-T3, you know, I, so I started like you started with that one and then the two and, and I started getting interested in video when I was shooting the two, mm -hmm. but the quality wasn't quite there. And then when the three came out, I that sort of cemented it for me. And I've been really shooting a lot more video with the X-T3 and really happy with the quality of it. Same here. You know, I've shot a lot of video this last year and I've been trying to jump into YouTube and I 
you know, I, I start to chicken out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my stuff's just not good enough or whatever. But um, actually, this year, I decided, heck, I'm just going to do it. And that's why I picked up the XT 200. And then I, I figured I would do some nature scenes, you know, outdoors with the XT3, because it's such good quality. And I would use the other one sort of like B roll kind of stuff, you know, Outstanding, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I was, I get a lot of questions about the XT4 and and whether people are, whether I'm going to get it. And, you know, I think I'll end up with it eventually. It's just, I'm not quite there yet. Um, the I was just reading another article that, that it's, um, XT4 is back and available over, over at B&H right now, which, as mm-hmm. you guys hear this, of course, there should be more stock, but but the thing that they commented on, which still sort of gets my little goat, is they don't include an external battery charger with it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so. Well, the the little XT200 does, you know, and it's it's not the quality of the, um, you know, the other X series, like the 3 and the 2 and the 4. It's very lightweight. It feels like a toy. I mean, it feels so lightweight and so tiny that it feels like a toy, but it doesn't, it still doesn't feel cheap to me. You know, Yeah. if it, it feels like a, a Fuji, you know, they make good cameras. So, um, it, it's just a, a fun little thing that I'm, I've been playing around with that, you know, and you know, it shoots, I think it's 24 megapixels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, hey, let me let me ask you real quick. I know you just got done doing a um, an appearance at Out of Chicago virtually. Yes. So for those who don't know what Out of Chicago is, um, could you give us a, just a, a brief explanation? And then how was that experience for you presenting there? Well, um, Out of Chicago began in, you know, Chicago. And it, Chris Smith is the founder He's a great photographer, and he has a great team of people that um, do conferences all over the world. And um, so they've done several in the U.S. Um, a lot of I think they do several in Chicago every year too. But last year in October, I was invited to their out of Oregon conference, so I, I taught and spoke there. And that was a really great experience. It was a blast. Um, and then I was invited to this conference. And I think, you know, Chris wanted to help out photographers who are struggling right now. And um, so they they had a, over 70, I think there was about 70 speakers uh, throughout that conference. And they had about 800 attendees. So it was really a good experience. It was um, awesome. And yeah, so folks, if you if you guys haven't checked out out of Chicago, do it definitely. It's a it's a quality outfit, quality program. They usually put on wonderful uh, seminars and presentations. Um, the out of Oregon one was mm-hmm. incredible. Um, what so Patricia? What did you present for them? For the out of Oregon, uh, either. Or- Oregon or Chicago. Well, well, for out of Oregon, I talked about photographing on the Oregon coast because, you know, it's unique. And and I talked about my favorite times of the year to photograph there. I talked about the big waves and shooting those. 
And then we had sessions where we took people out in the field. So we had uh, every instructor there took people out a couple of times a day during the conference. And so that was pretty amazing. And then, then we had our talk um, and we did portfolio reviews and image reviews. That's always part of those type of conferences. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I was going to say, I think in Oregon there was there was uh, I think Sean Bagshaw was there, Nick Page. Yes, Ga- they was, were. I think Gavin Hardcastle was there. He um, was. You know, a lot of they they get a lot of phenomenal photographers, including yourself, to come to these and and interact with everybody oh. and teach. Well, thanks, but yeah, I, pretty amazing photographers and the ones that were on the. Uh, live online one a couple of weeks ago, um, really incredible photographers, you know, from some of them were in other countries. And so it was pretty amazing. Wow. Neat, 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 neat. Well, good for you for doing that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the one, the one topic I wanted to talk to you about specifically, uh, during our time together was, uh, your nomadic adventures. So, ah. <laughs> you know, I, I live a little bit vicariously through you at the time you did this. Um, but you took off in an RV and just went. <laughs> yes. It actually took like about three years of planning and saving money and all that stuff because um, we left in 2015. But prior to that, I was a full time web developer at a community college in Coos Bay. So um, my husband and I, we just got this idea, let's do this. And uh, my husband's parents were, they're snowbirds. So they go to the Southwest every winter and they come back to their home for like three or four months and then they're gone again, you know? So we always thought, Oh, that would be so cool. And of course, as a landscape photographer, I thought, wow, I could be photographing all over the place. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so we made this plan and we saved money and paid off debt. Then we bought an RV and we sold a small little travel trailer that we had and then we bought this big beast and uh we set out in 2015 i quit my job at the college my husband yeah yeah it was kind of scary because you know i was gonna have to actually i was already getting a pretty good income from my photography part-time so i knew i'd get that and then my husband had retired early and so we were ready to go and uh we we were on the road for four years last april we moved back to oregon and uh because we had sold everything that we had we had to kind of start over again and buy a few pieces of furniture (laughs) things like that but but it's actually been kind of fun but so where where all did you go well we really wanted to concentrate on the Western states because we never had time to visit all those places in the past. You know, we always had to work and our vacations were short and things like that. So 
we didn't do this all across the USA thing. We just didn't want to do that. We wanted to take our time and spend time in uh, Western states for as long as we wanted to in a location. And that's what we did. So we went to all the Western states. Nice. And, it's it's yeah. amazing how much just on the on the western side of the U.S. there is. Oh. I mean, I, you know, I li- I've lived here all my life, and I've haven't even scratched the surface of everything there is to see. Well, and that's even spending you know four years doing that. We didn't scratch the surface. You know, <laughs> there's so much, and and you know what I really liked about it is that you could always come back. We'd say, oh. You know, if it didn't work out in this area, because there are certain things that happened to us when we were on the road, we'd have uh, mechanical problems or it'd be spring break. And there we'd go to like white sands and there'd be spring break. And of course, you can't shoot when there's people all over the dunes. Right. So right. so there were certain things that we just were unexpected and we'd have to change our plans or whatever. And uh like oh, but we'll come back. <laughs> yes, so was, that, that's was, what we all say. I mean, you know, we'll come back, and, and <laughs> the hard part is getting back there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. For so sure. was it was it productive for you as a photographer, though? Overall, worth the worth the time and effort. Oh, absolutely! It was it was a blast. We had a great time. Kind of halfway through, we started to have some problems with the RV. Um, in our, let's see, at the end of our kind of the third year, spent a lot of time in the shop with the RV. (laughs) So we ended up in places that, um, we didn't necessarily want to be, but we had to be there because of the RV repairs and things. So the fourth year we decided, you know what, this is getting kind of old the rv repairs i think we have a lemon (laughs) Mm. and so we decided to come back and hopefully well the whole plan was this this summer or spring and summer we were going to try it to sell it so we could get something smaller and still get you know go for like a month two months three months at a time whatever but uh of course with the coronavirus thing i don't think that's gonna happen this year (laughs) no i think travel travel for a lot of people is pretty non-existent yeah so i'm hoping well maybe things will be better next year and we can sell it and get something smaller that's that's my hope because we definitely love you know, not spending money at motels and just having our own rig. It's, it's really nice because you can just go anywhere. You can boondock. Um, There's a, there's a definite sense of freedom to that where you're not tied to any timetables, commitments, checkouts, any of that stuff. And it's, it's a really kind of freeing experience. And I think it's one where you can, as a, as a creative individual, when you're not bound by, um, constraints of civilization if you will uh, yeah you, you could you can let your creativity flow i think a little bit better well and that's exactly the feeling i had is this sense of freedom you know i could go where i wanted i could spend as much time as i wanted so it, it was a really good time oh outstanding <laughs> but i do i tell people i have a backlog and actually do during this stay at home order 
I am getting really close to getting that taken care of. I'm, I'm working on it every week, um, spending lots of hours on it. Um, I, the culling thing, you know, just mm-hmm. going through all that stuff. I, I've been deleting a lot and saving some that I want to work on. And I'm really working uh, hard at getting that because I don't want to be behind anymore. <laughs> it's <laughs> a weight when you're, when you're traveling, when you're working so hard and you don't have a lot of time to, to process or work on the images and mm-hmm. it, it weighs on you. It yeah, does. it does. That was my biggest goal last year. It didn't happen. So this year it's actually happening. And I'm really pleased to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody at home uh, and, you know, me too, is spending a lot of time reworking, reworking images, finding new ones out of the library that they may have overlooked. And uh, I, yeah. I, I think there's some silver linings to this uh, incredible little time that we're that we're living in. And, and I think for me, it's, it's like you, it's calling my images and, and getting some more content up and available and getting stuff worked and as well as learning and developing new techniques and thoughts around, um, digital development. And oh, absolutely. Kind of I feel like I'm always learning something new about even post-processing because, um, like this week I, I just, you know, I'm trying to help out photographers too, if I can, because I'm not, you know, I know a lot of photographers, their entire year's income is almost completely gone because they've done workshops, you know, and you're probably one of those. Uh (laughs) And and, uh, so, you know, if I can help another photographer too, I've I've bought eBooks, I've bought um, post-processing you know, webinars. Um, so it's been great because I'm learning new things from other people and, you know, I can help them out. And so, you know, there's just different things that, uh, you can do to not just sit around and watch Netflix. I, 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 we actually watched a Netflix movie last night, but I haven't been watching them much. I've been just working on the business, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the office six, seven, eight hours a day and I'm getting tired of being in the office, but that's <laughs> kind of, you know, that's, that's where we make our work oftentimes. And, uh, yeah, but let's, let's talk about your, photography if you want um sure well even if you don't want we're gonna because <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna um <laughs> you know very beautiful images that you make and and i think yeah. i think the thing is i look through your gallery again it's it's the quality of images that you post up and the naturalness of your processing are, are two things that really stand out for me uh, lots of bold vibrant colors as well as some really dramatic black and whites. What do you like color or black and white better? Oh, color. I'm a color person. I I do love black and white, but I'm afraid that, and that's one of the things I'm working on too. I want to be better at black and white photography because it just doesn't, you know, make me happy when I see other people's that do it really well, you know, well-known photographers, that do black and white, I just, they're they're stunning. And I don't feel that mine are. So that's something that I really want to um, get better at. 
And color photography, though, just makes me so happy. <laughs> so happy. I, you know, I'm trending more towards, you know, and those that know Jack knows that he hates the term black and white. It's always monochrome. It's not black and white. <laughs> it's monochrome. Um, but uh, <laughs> I am I am trending more and more towards monochrome images because I think that as an artist, that's where more of the uh, – the creative compositions, the power of my artistic eye in being able to shoot things seen in monochrome. Um, I think that the absence of color really lets the composition shine. Mm -hmm. These, that's some of, that's some of my thinking. And so I'm, I'm trending more and more towards shooting, shooting monochrome stuff than, than full on color. Um, which is kind of an interesting evolution to go through yeah. right now because I used to be a, a huge color person and I still am, but I'm I'm energized and fascinated by monochrome stuff. Oh yeah, I I just I adore it, you know. And when I like I said, um, when I see somebody that is just so excellent at producing those images i'm just like in awe yeah. but i don't feel that i'm at that point you know and so it's something that you know as a photographer i want to be better at it and so i'll be working on that too this year um i have so many goals to better myself you know all the time but this year it seems like hey i'm actually getting through some of these things i'm actually um you know like i when, before i hit the road I had a Wacom tablet, um, and I used it not very often, but I was trying to, I, my husband had bought it for me for Christmas or something. So I was really just learning it. And then when I was post-processing images in this, you know, at a little dinette in our RV, I just thought it just took up too much room. So I put it away. And so I brought it out this year and downloaded the new drivers and I'm just like having a blast. I watch some tutorials and I'm, I'm going to town on this and I think it's really going to improve my, um, post-processing. I've, I've got a whack on as well, but, but tell me how you think it's going to improve your post-processing in what way? Well, you can just get at the details, um, easier with the pen, I think, than you can with the, the mouse and, and, you know, I also picked up, gosh, all this stuff I just picked up right before quarantine. I picked up a 27-inch monitor, a BenQ, and I've been working off of a laptop when I was traveling. Oof. And then right before the uh, the conference, let's see, I did a conference in New York in June, but I think it was right before the out of Oregon one where my laptop just I had a 2012 laptop and it just went kapooey. And so I was forced to get a new one. And I, I had thought, well, now that I have a home base, I'll have a desktop and a laptop. Well, the funds weren't there to get both. So I, and of course I had to have a laptop to speak at a conference. So I bought the laptop and I just decided, um, I'd get a screen because that was the cheaper option. And so that's what I picked up recently. And, and so seeing things larger, you know, and I think that's why I didn't be, you know, process as many images on the road because I had this little laptop. 
you know, and it's hard and they're generally color color (laughs) calibrated. And yeah, yeah, I work off a 27 inch as well. And, and I, I can't see going any smaller. Yeah. And you know, before I hit the road, I had a 24 inch monitor and I sold it and, um, I actually brought it on the road, but I sold it when I was on the road because it just, I didn't have the room. You know, and I regretted it ever since. (laughs) And I believe that's part of the reason why I was so behind on post-processing my images, because I just hated sitting down on the little laptop and doing it. But now I'm having a blast. Likewise. Yeah, I just uh, I just updated my Wacom tablet recently. And uh, is it Wacom or Wacom? I don't know. I've always said Wacom, but I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where I can, you know, it's large enough that it has a scroll wheel and all these multifunction buttons. And I just kind of sit and put my feet up on the desk and sit with the pen and the tablet on my lap and, and just comfortably process. And it's it it feels yeah. more organic and artistic than yes. key, keystrokes and mouse work. Yeah, it's so clunky. You know, once you start using the tablet, it's like, oh, it's so clunky using the mouse. So I'm definitely really getting into that and enjoying that for sure. Nice. So how do you what what inspires you when you go out into the field? What you know right now? I know we all evolve and grow, but kind of what right now, what's that sort of inspiration or what makes you have happy feet? Oh, I just, you know, for me, just being outdoors, you know, seeing nature inspires me every time I'm outside. And so, and I think that's, you know, why during this quarantine, you know, you just feel like so lost, you know, when you can't get outside and, you know, we go out for walks and things like that in our neighborhood, but <laughs> just being out in nature, you know, hearing the sounds of nature, it it totally inspires me. Mm-hmm. It's a, it can be a humbling experience as well, too. And that's yeah. part of the thing I like is, is just the magnitude and the, and the, the power and just the humbleness of, of being outside in that. So do For you, sure. do you try to tell stories or do you just try to create beautiful imagery or what, what's your thought process when you go making some of these images? Well, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's changing, I guess, like you said earlier, it's kind of evolving because in 2000, you know, at the end of the year, I thought I'm in Oregon, I'm back in Oregon and I live by all these beautiful places. And I've talked about this, uh, even at the out of Chicago, um, live conference, one of our panels was about shooting icons And, you know, you get to a point, I've shot a lot of icons over the years, you know, the Mm -hmm. base rock, you know, the waterfalls that are popular and all these things. So this year, I had decided that I was going to try to find those sort of out of the way things. Or if I'm shooting at those places, I'm going to shoot something a little more unique than, you know, those typical iconic shots. So I was pretty excited this year to start doing that sort of thing. So I guess I'm sort of evolving into looking for things that are sort of more off the beaten path than um, those 
easy to shoot, iconic kind of things. But but then on the other hand, those things have brought me money over the years. You True. know, people like those kind of shots. So yeah, it's kind of balancing. Uh, it, you know, it's that sort of age old argument of balancing art, your your creative satisfaction to to make art versus the economic reality of what uh, of what sells and what doesn't. Right. And I think, like you said, there, there has to be a balance and I think I can do that. But, you know, for my own self-satisfaction and creating new projects and collections and things, I, I'm really wanting to do that right now. And yeah. so uh, I'm looking to do, shoot those kind of things, you know, with those kind of things in mind when I'm out there. Nice. Yeah. You know, I've found over the last probably four years that I've really been working on kind of this theme of isolating and simplifying and, and mm. that's removing things out of my compositions. And, you know, it, as, you yeah. were, as you were talking about shooting icons and, and like waterfalls, and I can't tell you the last time I was up in the Columbia river gorge shooting traditional shots. Cause I've, shot that to death and and I just can't <laughs> stomach Multnomah Falls anymore but but as you said that you know it's one of the one of the games and one of the tricks that I play with myself a little bit is you know if you're going to shoot a waterfall do it with a 200 millimeter lens do it with a 400 exactly don't do and, it with a wide angle and you know and I'm a big wide angle person so I've yes. shot a lot of wide angle but but when I am shooting you know, with the telephoto lens, I, I think that those images become my personal favorites. You yes. know, they might not necessarily be the biggest best sellers or whatever that I sell, but, but I get a lot of satisfaction out of taking those. I do too. I do too. Very much. Yeah. I can't even tell you the, the last time my 10 to 24 was out of the bag. No, actually <laughs> once I had it out once when we were in Norway a few months ago and I needed about 11 millimeters. So I pulled it out. But other than that, it's, it's collecting dust because I shoot, mm -hmm. I shoot much tighter than what I used to. And that's all in this game of simplifying and isolating and, and creating yeah. simple, strong compositions instead of busy compositions that include everything. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of what inspires me as an art artist. Um, but yeah. so, so your, your color processing, I want to touch on that just a little bit, very natural, very vibrant, but also very natural. Thanks. You do, yeah. A, uh, you have a soft touch, I think is a good way to put it. Well, thanks. Um, you know, I've been told that I don't in the, you know, from a few people uh, because <laughs> they don't understand they've never been to the Pacific Northwest. And like, you know what moss looks like in the Pacific Northwest. Uh -huh. But I've been told, oh, that's just so oversaturated. That can't be real. And, you know, we know that's real, but... But then, you know, we've also been spoiled with, especially, you You know, you and I like to shoot on the coast, and you've seen some fabulous sunrises and sunsets there, and I've seen oh, yeah. so many of them living there. And so I've shot a lot of those. And sometimes even you have to desaturate a little bit, you know? Agreed. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just put up a, a an image from Yahats the other day that that I had revisited, and the whole image is 
absolutely brilliant pink. There was such yeah. an incredible sunset on the coast. And it it was so pink that I it's not even believable anymore. But that's yeah. the way it actually happened. Right. Yeah. You and, know, you know, so. I, what I find is some of those more vibrant uh, sunsets or sunrises, you know, I don't usually hang those on my wall. You know, I sell those. Yeah. People buy those. But for me personally, some of the more uh, subtle colored ones um, are the ones that I end up putting on my wall. Okay, is, that's funny. But go ahead. Yeah. I interrupted you. Well, I was just going to say because – I moved here, you know, last April, I'm experiencing that right now. I'm like, what do I put on my walls? You know? And, and so I find that the ones that I'm putting on my walls are more subtle. I think that's true with a bunch of photographers that I've talked to is I, I tend towards more subtle imagery on my walls. And so do a bunch of my friends. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's pretty common. I don't have really vibrant. I have more black and white, honestly, or monochrome oh. Jack. <laughs> um, I have more monochrome shots up on my wall than I do color right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few of those too. Um, you know, but it's, it's just kind of different because the, probably my best sellers are some of those more colorful ones. Yeah. It, it's what gets people's attention for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, the, one of the things that I very much appreciate about your, your work that you put up there and, you know, there's this crazy trend, and we've talked about it before here on the show, but, you know, if you look at 500px and <laughs> some of the most popular photos, and I say that in quotes, don't even look like photography anymore because they're so heavily processed. Right. And, and, you know, people that can people that can execute a great photograph and not kill it by processing it within an inch of its life. I admire that very much. And, and you're very successful at doing that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I, 500 pics. Um, I haven't been there and, you know, I, I actually, I started out there when they first started and I was gaining a little traction there, but it never seemed to be able to gain traction there. It seems like those, like the ones you were speaking about, those kind of over-the-top images were the ones that were always gaining uh, attention there. And so I deleted my account, and then I reopened one, and then finally it's like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Yeah. So so I haven't been there in a long time. I don't even know if it's a pop, is it a popular place? I, honestly, I don't know either. Cause I haven't been there in, <laughs> in several years myself. Um, I just sort of got tired of seeing digital art instead of photography and kind of got fed up with looking at it, but it's just this, it's this trend with really heavy blacks and, you know, really, really dark kind of heavy processing, but, but lots of Orton, lots of oversaturated colors. And I just, I just couldn't stand it. So, mm. I yeah, I mean, so I know photographers that kind of shoot that way or process that way and their images are stunning. So, I mean, there's a there's a point where, you know, there's the good stuff and then maybe the over the top stuff or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I think in my head, because I haven't been there in a while, it's more the over the top kinds of stuff. Yeah. So let's, um, you know, real quick, where... 
So you you've written a, I think uh, an ebook or two. You've written a couple of books. I've only written one ebook. Um, I have a, an ebook called Your Photography How to uh, How to Man. That's funny because I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm rattling off the title. I I recently spoke about this sort of based on my book. I've added some new things to it, but I spoke about it at the out of Chicago live event and I changed the title. So, but anyways, my, yeah, I have an ebook that I sell and it's all about promoting your photography in your local area because I did that for the longest time. And I used to for years get emails and I still do every once in a while from people asking me, how do you do that? How did you do this? And what do I need to do to sell to these local places and things? So, so I wrote the ebook and it kind of answers a lot of those questions to get people started selling in their local area. And so it's really just about promoting your work locally. And then eventually, because you're promoting, you're going to be selling images. Yeah. How how essential did, did you find that local promotion to because you're 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 known more than just locally, right? You're known in Chicago. You're known. You've been in. Uh, landscape photographer magazine um several other different publications that i've seen you in so you're 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 known nationally how how did starting locally really set the stage for that for you was it was it critical do you have to go through that step well you know maybe not these days you know instagram can change things i i really don't know because i don't have like this huge following on instagram or anything but you know the early days of google plus i think that kind of helped a lot <laughs> because over there i gained a lot of followers and i think that really helped a lot but but yeah i think i think when you're getting your name out there you have to start locally because it's it's going to kind of get you out there and in the public and eventually on the web you know and things like that because what i tell people is the most of all the inquiries that i get are like through my website through search engines you know mm -hmm. because they found me through the search engines and things like that so I think when you go through these steps, you know, to promote your photography, it's, it's going to be good in the end because it's going to be beyond local. <laughs> right, right. Thing, things have a way of filtering out beyond local for sure. You know, yeah. and this, this I, I think your book is, is also great for people who, you know, they're not professional. They don't want to be a full-time professional, but they still mm -hmm. want to market their work, you know, as a, as a serious yes. hobby. So I think it's good for all levels of all levels of folks. Yeah. And it's, it's totally, uh, up to the person. It's not for everybody because every photographer doesn't want to sell, but the ones that do, you know, I just kind of lay out some steps to help them, you know, even get started. And then, um, some ideas on where they can kind of promote themselves in their local areas. So, so that's basically what I wrote just to answer sort of the questions that I was getting all the time. And I thought, well, I'll put it in an ebook. So it's been out there for about three years. Every year I update it. 
uh, with new content and, you know, um, I've spoken about it a couple of times at different talks and I've updated the information even this year that, so at the end of the year, it'll have new information in it. Oh, outstanding. So we'll, we'll put a link to your website, um, on the show page. That's, oh, um, for those that are curious right now, that's Patricia Davidson photography.com. And there's a link to this book on her website. So check it out, buy it, download it. It's cheap. Um, it's well worth your time and effort if you're interested in getting out and selling uh, selling some of your prints. So, you know, and I think a lot of people are. People like that recognition of, of having some of their work being appreciated and purchased. Always yeah, good. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. So, any, so we're in kind of a crazy time right now. Um, mm -hmm. right? As, as you said, workshops are non-existent and everything's sort of being done virtually. What are you doing as a photographer to a stay busy other than culling your your image library, but two mm -hmm. just sort of generating income? I mean, where what are you doing these days right now? Well, because I just got off the road, it was you know I thought about doing workshops, but when I was on the road, it didn't make sense. You know, my husband's not a photographer. And it would put him in a situation where we'd have to be go, go here and there to different workshops. And I thought, well, when I get off the road, I'll do workshops. So I actually thought that in 2021, I might do a couple on the Oregon coast. But, but this year I was all about just getting my office set up, you know, writing more, um, creating some digital products and just, you know, getting more images out there. And because uh, selling prints was the biggest part of my income, that's what I wanted to focus on. And, and so that was all my goal this year. So I, so I don't teach workshops, really, right. this, this year. And I have spoken at a lot of different places this year and last year. And I really found that I enjoy it. And that's something that I never even thought of before. So yeah, fear of public speaking is no more. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of like it. Oh, that's outstanding. Outstanding. Well, Patricia, thank you. I, th I think we'll kind of wrap up now. And, and yeah. I want to thank you for your time today. And folks who listened, um, thank you for joining us. I hope you learned a little something about Patricia. Definitely encourage you to go out and check out our website. Um, she's got a lot of beautiful, beautiful images from the Western U.S. primarily. Um, beautiful color. Some really, uh, the black and white that you've posted, Patricia, I really, uh, really appreciate and enjoy. So, um, folks, if you have any questions, comments, ideas, again, send it out to wetalkphoto at gmail.com. And stay tuned for the next episode. So thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>